So I was uh, on, on the road about 15, maybe 16 years ago with a, a group of people traveling around the U.S. Um, and just doing music uh, and then doing ministry at different youth groups. And we went to this little city uh, called Casper, Wyoming, and uh, we're there for about a week and a half working with this church. And we were staying with this guy who had brought this team I was working with uh, in, and he had this like little guest house. And we were, you know, getting to know him over time. And he was like one of the weirdest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Super weird. Like, I mean, when you, uh, if you've ever read the Old Testament, you might have read some of the Old Testament prophet stories. Or like, if you think about John the Baptist, you know, who's eating locust and dressed in, in wild clothing and that's what this guy was, super weird. Like we would sit down in the living room and it was me and like six other guys and him and he would just like randomly start telling us things about our lives and they were like pretty spot on. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go do my laundry now. And I don't do my laundry ever. So that was like a sign that I was super uncomfortable. And this guy was just so weird. And um, the whole time though that we were there, I kept like, I was like, man, this is like if I was in the Old Testament with a weirdo prophet guy. And super weird, dude. Like, super weird. Are you catching how weird he was? Okay, he's weird. Super weird. And, uh, but I was traveling with this guy, and my friend who I was traveling with, uh, he had been um, significantly abused when he was growing up. Like, I mean, some of the worst stuff that you could imagine. And his, his dad had abused him, and his, his uncle and aunts had abused him, and he just was, like, had gone through a really a lot of terrible things. And so because of that, he had this like super edge on him and was really hurting and had just never really gone through any process of healing or counseling or, or really dealing with that. And I, like, I remember one time we were driving and he missed, his, we missed our exit to get off on this road and he kept going and he was so furious at himself, he started like smashing his, his head into the steering wheel and we were all like, could you please stop doing that while we're driving? And he pulled over and got out and walked over to this huge concrete wall and just started hitting it as hard as he can. His hand was bleeding, like pretty crazy dude. So we're in this guy's house who's super weird. And this guy who, um, who I've been traveling with is sitting there. And as we're sitting there, this weird prophet dude says to the guy, he says, hey, I just like totally wanna pray for you right now. Um, the Lord just told me these things about your life. And, and then he begins to proceed to tell him intimate, like the most detailed things you could ever know. And he knew, like, he knew things about my friend's life that no one had ever heard or, or you know, been confronted with. And so my friend just sits there for like five minutes listening to this guy just tell him like, hey, your dad did this to you, your mom did this, you had uncles and aunts. And I mean, it's like the most intense moment. And then, uh, this weird old prophet dude's like, I'd like to pray for you right now and begins praying for my friend. And my friend who was like really super stoic at this moment, just totally breaks down and, and starts weeping and we pray for him and he gets totally, I think, freed up from all this shame. And it begins this process and this journey because oftentimes things like that take a lot of, a lot of different things you need to do. He started seeing a therapist and got a lot of healing from that. And, and so later, later on that day, after everybody had, had kind of left, I was sitting with this guy and I was like, what was that about? <laughs> like, how did you know those things? And he started sharing his story about how he had basically been a non-Christian for a really long time and 
had, had met some Christians and then like started reading his Bible all the time and, and started um, like learning to hear from God. And that was something that he was trying to learn to do is to hear from God so that he could, he could be a blessing to people. And it was one of those moments in my life where I think I was 25 years old or so, 26. Um, and I was like so impacted by this experience because my friend um, was, I mean, like freed up from years and years and years of shame and, and pain and hurting. And, and I remember at that time thinking about how, how, how cool it would be to be able to hear from God like that. Do you agree? Like it'd be kind of cool to hear from God in that way. Maybe not be so weird, but it'd be cool to hear from God, right? And, and I, th- I think that hearing from God it really is foundational to our faith. You know, as, as Christians, you know, I think what we do believe in some way, shape, or form is that, is that God does want to reveal himself to us as people. Um, I mean, and just think about some of the questions that we, we hopefully are wrestling with as human beings is like, how do we know um, how to experience salvation? If we have a sense that there's a right and a wrong and that there is justice and that eventually people will be held responsible for their actions in this world, the question then becomes, well, how do we experience salvation? How do we, how do we, how do we know what to do with our lives? I mean, like, how do we even make moral or ethical decisions? Like, how do we know how to treat people? Or, you know, how do we know, for instance, what the future holds? And followers of Jesus have some answers to those questions because I, I really think we need to take time just to acknowledge that our feelings cannot dictate all these truths. Amen? Let me tell you why. All of us were 13 years old and we were in love and we were convinced we were gonna marry a certain person at one time. And we knew it, right? We just knew it. And so feelings, while not, feelings aren't necessarily the enemy at, by any means, I think that God, God can touch our feelings. He can... He can he can minister to us through our feelings and our emotions are not necessarily bad, but they can be deceptive at times, right? Like we can feel a certain way and we can be so convinced that feeling is true, but if we really have some time and we process, sometimes we realize those feelings are a little off. Are you with me? So there has to be a, a, a more foundational, more, I guess, uh, trustworthy way to determine what is right and wrong. And so... I think hearing from God plays into that a little bit, though. I mean, if God hasn't revealed himself to us, then I think we'd be really lost. But Christianity as a worldview or as a belief system, what it believes is that God has revealed himself to us. And so as a follower of Jesus, I really want to suggest that hearing from God, I think, is foundational to who we are here in the vineyard. We should all aspire to hear from God. I think it's a starting point. God has self-revealed himself to his creation, and that's why I think that we need to really kind of learn the language of the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand that God is relational. God actually wants to have a relationship with you, and not only does God want to have a relationship with you, this is another important truth, is that God actually wants to communicate to you. Amen? He actually desires to speak to us and to, and to direct us and to give us give us uh, guidance in some of the things that we need. I mean, I, I think Heather was 100% right. We live in a super polarized world now, right? And it's like every week there's new things to debate about and get angry about. Every week, I mean, just turn on the news and it's like, oh my gosh. You know, there's all these challenging situations. And so, so I think it's important for us to realize that in, unless we 
we lean into learning to hear from God and, and seeking guidance from God, we sometimes don't know how to deal with situations. We don't know how to deal with or wrestle with the implications of, of questions and topics that are being raised in today's world. And so I wanna spend a little bit of time today talking about hearing from the Holy Spirit. We're in a, in a, in a series right now where we're talking about the Holy Spirit and kind of just going all over the spectrum of the Bible on different topics related to the Holy Spirit. And, and so before we do that, I just wanna acknowledge that there is a lot of confusion from hearing from God. I mean, for someone who has never heard from God, if you've never heard from God, you might have a ton of questions because how would we even know God was speaking to us? How would we even know what his voice sounds like? Or, or maybe some of you are wondering, does God speak to us in dreams or visions? Do any of you have dreams? I'm just curious. Anybody dream at nighttime regularly? Okay. Yeah. And I'm told that everybody does, just some of us don't remember them. But I, I think that, that that's a valid question too, is God speaking to us through our dreams. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we dream and it might be what I call a pizza dream. You ever eat pizza or something weird and you have some weird old dreams? Anybody? Yeah, like I was told, Don told me recently that if you take melatonin, you have crazy beep dreams. And I was like, beep dreams? She said, beep dreams. You can ask her what she said. <laughs> I don't say those words. <laughs> and anybody who's ever fished with me knows I'm lying. Moving on. So the question is, how does God speak to us though? And I know this is a confusing topic. I know it can be confusing for some people. And, and what I find interesting is that it can be confusing even for people in the Bible. And I wanna read a passage of scripture um, in the Old Testament, which kind of lays this out. And I wanna set it up for a minute here, okay? So Genesis one, God creates the heavens and the earth. And then he begins to, begins to um, create all of, of creation and Adam and Eve are the forefathers of human society. And then later on, there's these people called patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then the nation of Israel begins to get raised up. And, and the people of Israel, the ethnic group of Israel, what God does is he has them um, kind of in a sense operate as a model for all of humanity. So he speaks to Israel through prophets, priests, and kings, and, and he wants Israel to function as a light amongst all these different nations, and Israel goes up and down doing that. Sometimes they do it really well, and other times they go after other gods, and they fail to do those things, and they get sucked into really terrible cycles of renewal and, and rebellion and renewal and rebellion, and it happens all over the Old Testament. But there are these people known as priests and prophets who are constantly being raised up by God to speak to Israel to help them know the way of God. And there's this, there's this story in 1 Samuel where there's this, this woman who, who can't have kids and she's so desperate to have children. And so she keeps going to the temple and she's praying and she's praying and she's praying. And if you've ever had the heartache of not being able to have children, you'll know that can be one of the most challenging and emotionally distressing things ever. And she's going through that and she's praying and she's praying. And then finally, God, God blesses her with a child. But her promise to God was, Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate this child to you and he will, he will be raised here in this temple and he will serve you. And so what's happened is Samuel is the name of this young boy. He's been born and he's now living at the temple. He's serving God. He's serving in ministry in a sense from a very young age. And this is what we read in this story. This is 1 Samuel chapter three, starting in verse one. 
It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. So Eli's like the head priest at this time. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of the Lord. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Just quickly, isn't it interesting? God is speaking to Samuel. Samuel doesn't recognize his voice. And then even Eli, who's like Mr. Spiritual Person, doesn't recognize that Samuel's hearing from God either. Okay, so there's some confusion going on. And this is what we're gonna come to. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And so Father, I pray now, Lord, for your spirit to speak to us this morning and to guide us as we spend some time thinking about how to live our lives in a way that glorifies Jesus and helps other people come to know Jesus and to experience your grace. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to be present and at work in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a lot of confusion going on here. I think that that's what's interesting here. And I find it interesting because I think that if you've been in the church for a really super long time, you may have heard a million messages on hearing from God, and that might seem like really normal. But if you're new to the church, it might be a little, a little challenging to even think about how do we know God's, God's speaking to us? Like, how do, we, how do we discern that God is actually speaking to us when we're living our lives? And I think if we did a poll around this room, we'd find that some of you would say, oh yeah, God speaks to me all the time. I hear from God all the time. And some of you would be like, I have no idea. I'm not really sure if God speaks to me. And so we have to take those, those challenges and these questions and really think through and wrestle through like some of the ways that God speaks to us. And so what I wanna do this morning is just very briefly, I wanna talk about how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Now we could do a, an entire sermon on every single one of these various topics easily. But I do wanna talk about a, a number of different ways, five different ways that the Holy Spirit does speak to us and, and, and really lean into that for a few minutes here. And the first thing is this, that God speaks first and foremost through Jesus. First and foremost, God speaks through Jesus. This is what the writer of Hebrews writes, Hebrews chapter one, verse two, he says, now in these final days, God has spoken to us through his son. And so when we think about one of the first and foremost ways that God speaks to us, we have to point to Jesus. And I think that that's really important for us to, to flesh out a bit too, because uh, if you've ever met someone who doesn't follow Jesus or doesn't know Jesus, or maybe is new to 
the church world, one question that people have is, what is God like? What is God like? So last night, I went to the movie Thor. Did anybody else go to Thor? No, I'm so disappointed. All right, oh yeah, I, we saw, yeah, we were there together. You ignored me. I said hi to you and you didn't talk to me. It was great. Just kidding. We were in the bathroom, so it's always awkward if you see a guy in the bathroom. It's like, I don't know you either. Moving on. So I go to Thor, and the movie Thor is interesting because it's, Thor is this, this, this mythical god, right? And there's this part of the movie where there's all these other gods, and they're all there. And, and I think it's interesting because most of these, these other religion and, and mythical gods, they, they all are super petty. I mean, if you know anything about the Greco-Roman gods, they get so angry, right? I mean, Thor or the Norse gods, or if you look at like Zeus and all these different gods are always angry at human beings and they're, they're basically throwing thunderbolts and, and judging humans and all that happens all the time. And so the question that a lot of human beings have is what is God like? And if we wanna know what God is like, we look to Jesus. Jesus is the exact image of who God is. That's what Hebrews also says. And so the way that God speaks to human beings first and foremost is through Jesus. So everything we wanna know about God starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. And so when we think about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, I think this is important is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. So when you're reading the gospels, and this is why we need to spend time in the gospels, if you wanna know what Jesus would do, where do we go to find out what Jesus would do? the gospels, right? We see how Jesus interacts with human beings in the gospels. And so the way that the Holy Spirit works is in, in conformity with the presence and power of Jesus through the gospels. A second way that God speaks to us is through scripture, through scripture. This is what the, uh, the apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3. He writes that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Folks, this is one of the reasons why if you are a follower of Jesus, you need to regularly spend time reading scripture. You have to engage with the Bible. The Bible is, is how we, we wrestle with these questions about what is right and what is true and how we should live our lives. Because if it's left just to our own, our own decisions, our own devices, we are always gonna go with what feels right, right? Well, this is what feels right. It, it feels right to do this. But what we find as we engage scripture is that some of the things that we think feel right and that are fun actually end up hurting ourselves and hurting other people around us. And that's why we have, to, we have to regularly engage with the teachings of, of scripture. And I know that sometimes it's, it's super overwhelming knowing where to start with the Bible. And, and like, maybe you're here this morning, like I, I have a Bible, I got it a long time ago and I wanna start reading it, but I don't know where to start. Let me start by saying this. If you have an old Bible and it's in a, in a, a translation that you don't understand, one thing you could do is get a different translation. We've got Bibles up here that we purchased as a church to give away to anybody who needs one. And they're in the New Living Translation, which is a really super readable and accurate translation, and I would encourage you to grab one. But if you wanna know where to start, start in the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark, 16 chapters, 
super easy. It's written for non-Jewish people, so it doesn't have all this like Old Testament information that you won't understand, and you get the highlight reel of Jesus' life. So I think we need to spend more time in Scripture, because if you want to know what God is speaking to us, jump in here. Amen? Another way that God speaks to us is through other people, through other people. This is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14.3. He says, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Prophecy is simply God spontaneously speaking to us something for another person. And God speaks through other people all the time. He does it all the time. I could tell you so many stories where I've, I've witnessed this um, in action where I'll be with somebody and they will have, they will have like a, a sense from God to share something and they share it and it's like right on. In fact, just the other day, um, Don and I are eating with some friends and there was a family member there and, and, and this family member has had a lot, of, a lot of challenging experiences in their life. And so we were just spending time and, and somebody basically said, well, what do you think part of the problem is here? And Don was like, oh, I can tell you. And she just totally shared what she felt like God had spoken to her for this person. And the person was like, that's pretty accurate, pretty accurate. And then it was more seeds being planted. And so God speaks to us through other people. And I think that as followers of Jesus, again, when I think about the way that we should kind of live our lives, I kind of, I kind of think we should all be open to hearing from God through other people, but also be willing to hear from God for other people. Are you with me? Like, it's like when I show up and I'm around other followers of Jesus, I, I want to hear, if you have a sense from the Holy Spirit for me, I want to hear those things. And I also want to hear from the Lord so I can share with you some of the things that God might put on my heart too. And so it's like, we're always trying to keep our ears and our eyes open to see and to hear what the Holy Spirit may be speaking. Next, we, we need to go back to what I had mentioned earlier. God does speak to us through dreams and visions. There's so many Bible verses on this. We literally could spend hours doing this. But in the Old Testament, you have all these leaders having dreams and visions. Pharaoh has dreams and visions that are from God. King Solomon has dreams and visions. Nebuchadnezzar has dreams and visions. Um, the cupbearer in, in Genesis and the story of Joseph, dreams and visions, just a normal everyday person. The wise men who travel to see the newly born Jesus have dreams and visions. So God speaks through dreams and visions all the time, all the time throughout the Bible. And then finally, one of the things I love is that God speaks to us through creation. Listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 19. He says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. I remember probably been in ministry for like eight years. And, and Don and I, when we first started working at a church, you know, we went, we went full in. And I was like trying to, to do everything I could to, to be a faithful pastor. And, and so we didn't take, I don't think we took a Sunday off for like, seven years. It was crazy. And so our vacations were like three days here, four days there, but it was never like a real vacation for a really long time. And, and so there's this, there's this place in, in northern Wisconsin uh, where, where there's these islands in Lake Superior called the Apostles Islands. And there's 
12 of them, for the 12 apostles, and one of them is called Madeline Island, this big, this big island, and they had this huge apple fest up there, and so one October, we decided to, like, take that, that week off, and so we went up there, and and I was always like, as a kid, uh, when I grew up going to church, if you went on vacation and you came back from vacation, the pastor was always going to be super passive aggressive and be like, we really missed you last Sunday. Where were you? And it was like, you, if you said you're on vacation, they're like, oh, so that's more important than Jesus. And it was always like, I always felt like, oh man, so we had like, you know, I don't know. It was weird. So, like, I always feel guilty about going on vacation. This is, I'm doing a therapy session right now with you, by the way, okay? So, so I, that was always, like, a real, like, a thing I had. And so I remember we went on this trip, and I was, like, really struggling. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to drive home Saturday night just so I can, can be at church. And we're sitting there, though, um, and we're camping, and we're in this just the most beautiful place. And, and so I remember, um, you know, always struggling with, like, people who would go on vacation and, and like skip church, I just was like, man, they're all going to hell, every one of them, geez, and, and I was struggling with like, but maybe hell's not that bad if you're camping, I, you know, I was really going through that, and I remember we woke up, and I, and I was like up before all the kids, and it was like quiet and beautiful, and Don and I, we, we made a cup of coffee, and I made the cup of coffee, and I walked out, and I think we walked to the beach, and there's this beautiful beach there, and I remember I was just sitting there, and I was drinking my coffee, and I was like, this is way better than church. Don't tell anybody. But I was like, oh man, like being out in creation, there's something really beautiful about creation, right? And then and this just dawned on me on Monday. I, I drove up to Lassen and I hadn't been to Lassen for, for a while. And I'm like, man, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Now, I know that I'm gonna be complaining in a week when it's 110. Just letting you know right now. Yeah, so I need you to hold me accountable. Okay, next week when I'm like, this place sucks. I need you to say, you said last week, okay? Just, okay, but it is so beautiful here. And, and I, I think, you know, it's, it's when you're out in, in creation, you get to see the things that God has created. And it, and it does, if you, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, and you have a heart that's open to God, you will see God's creation and he reveals himself. According to the psalmist, he reveals himself in creation to us. And that was absolutely clear here. So I wanna, I wanna wrap up with this. Just, I wanna talk for a few minutes about the posture of hearing from God. And, and I was just sitting this week thinking about these different things because I, I feel like I've read probably more books on the topic of hearing from God and prophecy and charismatic stuff than, than most topics. And I could spend a lot of time talking about different things, but I had this thought this week as I was kind of just kind of sitting there and meditating on, on hearing from God and trying to wrestle with all the different questions and topics that are related to this. But I had this thought, I wonder if it's possible. I wonder if it's possible that sometimes we don't hear from God because we're not willing to obey God. I wonder if it's possible that sometimes when we're going through seasons where we're feeling like, oh, God's not speaking to me. I just wonder if sometimes it's because we're not in a place where we're willing to obey what Jesus calls us to do. And that's what I think is really interesting about 1 Samuel 3, is that the posture of Samuel's heart in that passage is, Lord, here I am. Speak your servant 
is listening. And all over the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see people who, who, who meet Jesus or, or come to a place of knowing God in the Old Testament, and they, they are willing to do what it takes to serve God. And I think that that's one of the things that we need to understand about hearing from God, is obedience is key to hearing from God. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, or one of the early founders of the Vineyard, the, the movement we're a part of, used to always have this saying where he would say the meat is in the streets. Because what he'd have is he'd have all these people start going to his church and, and, and their church was growing and they had new Christians there and non-Christians there. And so if you have new Christians and non-Christians in a room to be hospitable, you can't have a, a deep dive into like theology 401. Are you with me? Like we're not gonna do Greek lessons here, okay? And so people would come and they're like, man, we want depth. We wanna get the meat. And he would say, the meat is in the streets. If you want to grow in your ability to hear from God and you wanna grow in your relationship with Jesus, you wanna know how you can do it? Start serving. <laughs> start serving, get involved and serve. And that is where you're gonna start hearing God speak to you in more ways than you could imagine. That's my story. I grew up in church. I had heard every sermon ever on every topic by the age of 19, but I'd also seen all the crazy, stupid things in church and I was done. I thought church was a bunch of hypocrites, was judgmental and offered no value to most human beings. And then I also had seen so many of these manipulative, prophetic, charismatic people that I was like, I don't know, maybe God doesn't speak to us today. And I went through this season where I was like, just pretty anti that stuff. And then after about two years of that, I decided I need to relook at the Bible. And so I started reading the Bible and studying it. And I came to the conclusion that there's no way that you can use this book to suggest that God does not speak to people today. There's, it's not possible to do that here. And so I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you want to speak to me, then I want to listen. And it was like immediately, immediately I started I started running into people and as I would talk to them, I'd have this like sense or impression or, or like a hunch almost. I didn't even know how to put it into words about things that God wanted me to pray for them. And, and I remember this one time, some of you have heard this story, but I, I had this, this lady who walked into this place I worked and when she walked in, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to pray for her. And I was like, Lord, I know that I'm supposed to, but I'm not going to. There's no way, that's weird, I'm not a weirdo, okay? And then I walked up to her and said, I know this is gonna be weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And I feel like I'm supposed to pray about these things. And I gave her a list of like three things and she starts weeping. And she's like, those are the very things that I've been wrestling with and struggling with this last couple of months. And so I prayed for her and she, she came to a place of following Jesus right there. And so all my point is, is that if we, if we posture our hearts and we say, Lord, I am willing to, to take the risks and to take a step of faith, if you would speak to me, then we will see God speak to us more. I really do believe that. And I think another thing about the posture of our, of our lives, in addition to being willing to be obedient to what Jesus calls us to, is I think we really need to work hard to learn the language of the Holy Spirit. And the only way to learn the language of the Holy Spirit to start with is by engaging with scripture. We need to know how Jesus would function, which means that I think that we would have more love, we would be more kind, 
we would be more merciful, we would be more gracious, and we would tell the truth. And those, same, those, those attributes and characteristics and ways of engaging with people are becoming less and less common now, right? They're becoming less and less common. And, and there's some who would even say, well, you, you, ha- you can be gracious, but you can't be truthful. Or you can be truthful, but you can't be merciful. But that's not true. We are a kingdom of God movement. We are, we are committed to being both and. We can be both gracious and merciful and loving and kind and also tell the truth. We can do those things by the power of the spirit. Let's stand up together. I'm going to invite Jamie to come up here, and Scott too. And, and so Don's going to join me here as well. And we are going to just pray for a few moments here. But before we do that, let me ask you a question really quick. What if, what if you started your day out? Like every day, you wake up. I know some of you wake up at 5, some of you wake up at 7. Some of you are on summer break and 11.45 is pretty early for you right now. But what if we woke up and we started with the assumption that God wants to speak to us? How would that change the way that we engage our our lives? So we're gonna invite the Holy Spirit right now to to speak to us. And and I had this sense this morning that, that some of you you know, this is super common. You're like, yeah, more, amen. And then I also have this sense that there's some of you who have, you've never ever personally heard from the Lord. Like you, you cannot say, I, I'm pretty sure God spoke to me. You just haven't had that happen. And, and so I wanna just create some space right now where we could just take a moment. And if it helps you to close your eyes, you can feel free to do that. And just to posture our, our hearts right now to hear from God. And so, again, you can just close your eyes if that helps you. You don't, you don't have to do that by any means. But I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to speak to everybody in this room. And so, Holy Spirit, right now, we, we're so grateful that you've been here with us this entire time. And so when I pray, come Holy Spirit, my prayer for you, Lord, is that you would be active right now in a way that we can discern. Just like Jesus said that, that no one can see the wind, but we can see the, the fruit of the wind. Would you blow in this room right now? Would you speak to each one of us, Lord? I pray now, even if it's just a sense of your love, that you would just speak, Lord, in a way that we would discern, we would know. I was also just sensing that, you know, we we carve out time to come to church on Sunday, and it's just part of our routine and our schedule. 
Um, but I just want to encourage you to carve out time during the week. Take baby steps and get to a place that is quiet, where you can actually hear from the Lord um, with the stresses of work, family, schedules, um, and summer, you know, grandkids, kids being home. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would help us create a space of quiet and rest where we can, whatever that looks like in our household or if you have to get away, whatever it looks like, I just pray that you would give us a picture and that you would speak to us and how we can um, spend more time with you throughout the week. So, I think that there's there's definitely this um, question that a number of you are, are are really wrestling with, and it's related to you finding purpose in your life. I just had again this sense that that um, a number of you have confusion and even fear, and it's in relation to finding purpose, like you have not yet, you're like you're struggling to find out your place and your fit and how you, how you, um, how you connect to God's mission in a sense. And it was just, again, this sense of fear and confusion related to that. You haven't yet been able to do that. And I, I really feel like the Lord's going to speak to you this morning, if that's you. And so if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something super, super brave and courageous, but we would love to pray for you. And I know that there's a number, a number of other people in our church that would love to pray for you. So if that's you, if you're feeling confusion, fear, or, or just not, you're not sure how you fit and you're trying to discover that, would, would you just be willing to come forward? We'd love to pray for you. Is there anybody that would like prayer for that? Okay. If you, if you want to, yeah, come on forward. Yeah. Is there anybody else?